Right. Colin, will you start us off with prayer? Yep. God, uh, thank you for allowing us all to be here to get together tonight. Uh, I bless this time. Uh, I ask that you bless this time uh, together, and I, too, cool. I can bless it too. Yeah. I just <laughs> pray. Just don't do as much. I just uh, want to thank you uh, for allowing us to be here together and spending time together. Uh, and I hope everybody has safe travels going home. If they go home, if they stay here and come back next week, let's do it. Um, I pray over the the tonight, and I pray that Molly and Kylie have the words uh, directly from you, and that they speak nothing uh, but what you would have them say. And should I pray? Amen. 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 Tonight we're going to talk about spiritual discipline. In case you didn't guess by the fact these two words have been on the thing for a while now. <laughs> Yeah, so tonight we're going to talk about the importance of spiritual discipline, and this is kind of a lengthy topic. There's a lot in it, um, but me and Kylie both felt like it was a very timely thing. We're not going to dive super deep into it, but we're going to talk about why it's important for this time in this season. Um, so it's not to trick you or guilt you into remaining faithful. That's not our goal for tonight, um, and we don't believe that any of you need it, but change is hard. Um, and so, regardless if it's good or bad, change is hard. <laughs> um, and so we know that we're going into break, and it can be a season of rest, and it can be very purposeful, um, and we want to use that to our advantage. So schedules affect different things, and different ways of being disciplined can change when your schedule changed. Um, and so that's kind of what we want to talk about tonight and how we can use that to propel us. And even like those of you that are here or maybe like don't get a break, most of you in the room are everybody in the room. Am I the only not college kid today? Emily yep. and Nathan yes. didn't mm -hmm. show, so. <laughs> but like even if you feel like this doesn't change your life a whole lot, even if you're not leaving this area, like you're not leaving this location, like the people who are part of your church are leaving your location. So this like is still going to change. Um, yeah. So, verse. So, so, don't read it. Nobody read it yet. I'm really excited about this verse. 100% um, found it by accident in like three different ways. Not going to go through it right now because I want it to be powerful, not about the way that I accidentally stumbled upon a perfect verse. Um, but, so the context of this verse of, Ma uh, this section of Malachi, but Malachi in general, is that Malachi is a prophet speaking to the priest of Jerusalem, not Jerusalem. Um, right, the priest right after they are exiled from Jerusalem, I mean like right after, but like after enough, it was close enough to be, that would be the season they were in. Um, like it's called the post-exilic, I think, I don't know if that, nobody's correcting me, post-exilic, um, like period of time. And so it's literally the period of time where they have left the location that is their spiritual home. It is the time when they are away from home, away from, and the people were also dispersed. What? I was just going to say, wow, that's weird. <laughs> so, wasn't looking for that when I found this verse. Found the verse and was like, I don't understand this verse because I thought it was like big time prophecy because I, I don't know, my head, Malachi's a prophet. And so when he gives prophecy, it's got to be about Jesus. It was actually him like giving, like the warnings and all that the prophets actually do as a regular function in their role. Wow. Um, so I just kind of wanted to like throw that out there. There's also like a piece missing. It's because that piece talks about the people that would not be included in the, 
know, he like speaks to the priest and then he talks about people who don't believe. So we're not reading that part because it doesn't pertain to us. <laughs> Somebody read it. Malachi 3, 2, 3. Oh, shoot. Yeah, sorry for the people listening at home. Malachi 3, 2 through 3, in the second half of 5 through 6. Now somebody read it. <laughs> but who can endure the day of his coming, and who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire and like fuller's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver, and he will purify the sons of Levi and refine them like gold and silver. And they will bring offerings and righteousness to the Lord. And do not fear me, says the Lord of the Lord of hosts, for I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore, you, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. So a lot tonight. We're going to read scripture, and it's going to speak for itself. So, like, I'm not going to say a whole lot, but God refines, and it won't kill you. Next verse, Galatians 5, 1. Somebody read it for me. For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Yeah, this verse was really big when I read it probably two or three months ago. And the end of it, submit again to a yoke of slavery, that's been something that's been very apparent and I've seen in my own life and in other Christians' walks where... We think we're free, and then somewhere along the line, we become slaves again. And you even see it with the children of Israel. Like, they're free from Egypt, and then somewhere along the line, they they are learning a new mindset, how to become free from slavery. And so we wanted to talk about kind of the potential that break could have. um, And we don't want to dwell necessarily on the negative aspect, or not even negative, but the the backtracking that could happen and the submission again to slavery is a possibility. Um, and we want to make you aware of that. And tonight is really about training and equipping us so this doesn't happen. Um, we probably could have pulled five or six other verses that <laughs> explain the same thing, but we didn't want to dwell on that. But we, we want you to make, make you aware of what could happen, but tonight is about what should happen and what God wants to happen. And so... Um, Within that also as well, just to set the expectation of what we want to happen when we come back from break. And so if you do submit again to the yoke of slavery, um, tonight is not about correction, is what we talked about as well. And so we're not correcting anyone right now, and we want to make it possible, so we have to do the least amount of correcting when we come back. (laughs) But also be aware, if you come back and you have submitted to other things, we're going to correct you. And so just to come back and... And not to be afraid of that, but to be aware of when you come back and if you get butthurt about certain things that we say, honestly. And maybe that's not the right word choice, but maybe like... bleep for the offended. microphone. Yeah. <laughs> offended would be a good biblical word yes, that you offended. could find other scripture on your yeah. own about. There you go. <laughs> offended about You probably correction. won't find butthurt maybe in the message. You know. Um, but just... You foolish Galatians. Okay, yeah. So, so just take that as well, that... Um, tonight's purpose is to equip us and to help us to use um, the time that we've been given for God's glory and for unity. And I think, we didn't talk about this part of that, but like, if it feels like correction, uh, let it be freedom. Honestly, like, if it feels like correction for the last time you went home, or it feels like correction even for like the last semester, like, 
like literally actively fight that mindset like don't submit to that mindset of like oh I've done all of this wrong and now I have to fix it and instead like put your focus on all the cool things we're going to read in a minute about like why it's good in the idea of slavery there is a freedom that is yeah it feels like oh no I've been under slavery like cool you can focus on how you've been under slavery you can focus on how like you're, you're not anymore um next verse Hebrews 12.11. Yeah, sorry. Hebrews 12.11. Uh, all discipline for the moment seems not to be joyful, but sorrowful. Yet to those who have been trained by it, afterwards it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. What version is that? That's N-A-S-B. I don't like it. I'm just kidding. I do like it. It's too bad. I'll find it. It's on the screen. It's on the screen. Oh, whatever. You know what? Somebody hit my phone. <laughs> afterwards. Uh, for the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. I actually don't have a problem with what you read. I just feel like painful encompasses, like painful and pleasant, like kind of encompass what you read, and what you read Sorrowful. didn't encompass these. Um, we're going to read like three verses kind of back to back, but I have a point to make in between each of them just so the context is clear. Um, something I really liked, so the word for discipline, I would like to first of all point out that it connects to disciple, just keep that in your head, um, but also one of the definitions for like the Greek word was that I saw was something that cultivates the soul. Um, we can have the spirit, soul, body, heart conversation later, <laughs> but like something that cultivates who you are, and I think so a lot of times we think about discipline and we think of um, like the way you discipline a child. Like, whether you yell at the kid or you take something from the kid or you hit the kid or you, like, whatever else. Like, we think, like, discipline is always about, like, doing something wrong. Or we think of discipline, like, going to the gym, which I think is, like, somewhere around this verse. It talks about, like, physical discipline is worth something. Um, No? Not in this chapter. Different chapter? That's fine. That's cool. I did read through the whole chapter, but that's fine, too. (laughs) Um, But I think when you think of discipline, I don't want kind of like we said like tonight's not just about correction like if correcting needs on that like god can do that like it's cool but don't think about discipline in terms of just being punished quote unquote like it, that's not the only discipline we're talking about when it, we say it seems painful and it doesn't seem pleasant but it still reaps a fruit of righteousness next verse james one two through four it's just gonna be college job consider it joy Pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Okay. I'm going to point out that the word trial here is the same Greek word we usually use for temptation. I looked at, like, all the different ways it's translated, and it's, like, probably not even even, but it's pretty common to go both ways with it. Um, Sometimes you look up trial and you get, like, a very, very court judgment word and they're used similarly but I just want to like bring out the idea that this kind of trial that it's talking about is the kind the same kind that comes when you have temptation that's why they're like used interchangeably and it's meant to be approving like a testing to prove and that doesn't necessarily mean prove good (laughs) like it just means prove truth so if the truth when you are tested by a temptation 
is that that temptation means more to you than what is supposed to mean more to you so that you don't fall into it, that's going to be proven by the way that trial is handled. I just, all right, next verse. First Corinthians 9, 24 through 27. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. So I'm going to kind of like bring the three things we just talked about, which is why I like took a minute to define discipline and trial in that. Um, so like this discipline is the strict training, the strict training you need to get the prize, to get a crown that lasts, um, to honestly like not run aimlessly too. I feel like that's really important. That didn't stick out to me until right now, but I feel like it's not just about the end goal. It's also about having purpose while you're going towards your end goal. Um, and so that's also that discipline is what makes you into whatever is proven to be true at the end of your trial, at the end of your race. Um, so I, I'm going to use a running analogy. I think I'm going to get it right because I'm not going to talk about this actual running. Um, I work for USA Track and Field now, so I should have this down because I think it... So when I think of the word trial, because I work at USA Track and Field now, I do not think of courts. I think of the fact that to run in the Olympics, you have to go to the Olympic trials. Okay, yeah. mm -hmm. makes sense? So um, that's, this verse, that made me think of that process. So the process is like, you have to train in order to run a marathon in the first place. Like 26 miles, you don't just like wake up one day and run 26 miles, that's stupid. My boss says he's gonna do it one day, ridiculous, don't. Um, don't do it. So you train to run the marathon. You run a marathon so that you can even, like, go to your trial. Like, if you don't place well enough in your first marathon, like, if you don't have enough discipline to run the marathon well, you're not even going to get to the test. And then you get to the test, and the prize of, like, doing, being proven worthy in that trial is to become an Olympian. And, like, that's cool no matter what. Like, I don't care if you are the last place Olympian. You're an Olympian. That's cool. <laughs> and I feel like as Christians, we sometimes look, we like ignore that. Like, I don't care if you're the last place Christian who is truly proven to be a Christian. Like, you were truly proven to be a Christian. But you also probably want to win the medal. Um, and so that is my, like, analogy. Molly's going to read, or I'm going to, like, let Molly take over about, like, basically what our Olympic is but that's Kylie's big girl job and analogy next verse yeah yeah first first okay Hebrews 12 10 but he disciplines us for our good that we may share his holiness yeah so he disciplines us for our good there's a purpose behind his discipline um, and there's a lot of ways that God can practically do this, um, and we could talk a lot about those, but we're gonna have a point at another time in the night where maybe we can ask him for more insight on that. Um, there was a book I read a while back called The Celebration of Discipline by Richard Foster, um, and if you're looking for more ideas about discipline, he outlines 12 
kind of practical ways you can do that. But I just really think the title speaks volume, the celebration of discipline. And even just saying that seems so countercultural. <laughs> um, and just though it seems like it's the way of the kingdom um, from what I've gathered. And so we get to delight in the fact that God loves us, so he disciplines us. Um, and there's further talk in Hebrews where he talks about if he didn't discipline us, then he wouldn't love us. Which, that makes sense because he wants us to grow and he wants us to be who we were created to be and we are who we created who we are created to be through that discipline. Um, yeah, and holiness is for our good. So like the bottom, sorry, I know I wrote that, so you're okay. probably super confused. <laughs> like the end of this verse, like the goal is for our good that we make. Like this is like a definition. This is not like God did it for our good and so that we could be holy. Like he did it for our good that we may share in his holiness. Like that is the definition of what is for our good. So that's why I wrote that. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to um. not forget to say that. And considering it pure joy to be disciplined, like we talked about, to partner with God, to grow, um, and the training that prepares you for the trials. So I think a lot of times, and I've even done this too, and this idea of, like, if we seek God, we'll get good things. I've been thinking about some of this, and I don't know if this is the right language, but God is our reward. Like, our ultimate reward is intimacy and knowing God, and that is enough. But God is so kind in his love that we get a lot of things that are byproducts of his love. Um, And so don't seek godly discipline so your life can be better. And seek it because you can reap righteousness and you can reap that intimacy and that holiness. Um, And I think that's something that is important and can get twisted really fast if we're not aware of what is the reward, what is the goal. You also won't have, like consider it pure joy when you face trials. You're not going to have that joy if you're focused on getting the good thing at the end of the trial. Um, and if you if you don't enjoy running, you won't enjoy running in the Olympics either. <laughs> if you don't like to run, you won't like to do it for 26 miles. You won't like to do it for 26 miles in hopes of becoming famous for it, and you won't like to do it when you're famous for it. Like that doesn't, it doesn't magically make you enjoy running. There, I don't know that you could make me enjoy running, like, honestly. But, like, find joy in the training. If you don't find joy in the training, you're probably doing something wrong. Do you have something to say? Or are you just nodding emphatically? I was just nodding emphatically. Okay. I, I, I have a scripture to back up with what you're saying. Perfect. John 6.63, the spirit gives life, the flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of spirit and life. So basically it's talking about, like, you're going to get the life with the right. spirit there's also. I wasn't looking at you, but okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> Juliet, you're going to guess and say, he's pouting. How did I'm submitting? Anyways, anyways um, basically, what I was like thinking, kind of with this verse, and I think the last verse, I don't even know, it was like five years ago. The running? Yeah. The running verse? <laughs> that was the last one. <laughs> um, anyways, but like, kind of what you said of. Oh yeah, running, sorry, running aimlessly of, like, we kind of feel that sometimes of, like, and also, like you said, like, of the crown that lasts forever, where, like, we always, it's a typical, I feel like, basic Christian thing of, like, oh, our goals get to heaven, like, that's it, 
but like there's so much one to like do here but like that like reward of like being in holiness like that the text right. talks about like we can have that now like we can share in god's holiness now like yeah. we can have righteousness now we can have all of these things like now it's not like yeah there's gonna be things like after the fact that like we will get cool. based off the facts that we like what we like what happens now but like we get so much like now and like again it's not to like focus on that but again like it's not just to like do everything like right. to look your best here to like get for this like one big goal like there's so many like awesome things that are like happening like here and that we can actually like have and utilize and like be with god now yeah. like it's not just like a future thing i think that's a good distinction. <laughs> terrain for literally anything with the end goal of being the best in the whole world at that thing you will not have any joy while you are becoming better at the thing for yourself I just like to throw out uh, the scripture eternal life is to know God and Jesus Christ in the same. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, okay. And then that kind of connects to the other scripture. When you get to the day where you not say, Lord, we prophesied in your name, we cast out demons right. in your name, and you say, turn away from me, I do not know you. Because eternal life is to know God and Jesus Christ in the same. Yep. And I feel like that's like even the thing of like what we're talking about, of like, yeah, there is that big goal, but, like, we also have these, like, little goals or whatever, like, trials, trials and yeah. stuff, like, that, like, goes throughout, and, like, we can have, like, eternal life, like, right now, and that sounds so bonkers, because, like, eternal life is just, like, shut up, <laughs> <laughs> it is, like, up for, like, for everything, it's, like, we're just gonna, like, get this, you know, I mean, like, I feel like the idea of eternal life, we're, like, oh, that means I'm gonna, like, live forever, like, once, like, the day of, like, judgment comes, of, like, now I'll have, like, eternal life, but, like, eternal life is like right now like if you just live in the moment like right now doing it like you can have it right yes pull up the next verse john 15 8 through 9 <clears throat> by this my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples as the father has loved me so have i loved you abide in my love yeah um our goal is also to glorify god with our lives and we glorify God by bearing fruit and by proving to be his disciple. And I really like how Kylie mentioned that discipline and disciple are kind of linked in their, I don't know, etymology or I don't know what way. Yeah. But they're linked because that makes sense. You because are a disciplined disciple, into being a disciple. <laughs> right. Um, and I think that's so important that we have to decide to be a disciple that it's a two-way street. You have a rabbi and you have a disciple, but you have very... I found what I was looking for. Sorry. You have very distinct <laughs> roles and, and knowing your role in relationship to the Father and um, abiding in His love. Like I said before, like the reward is God and through our discipline, we get the chance to be close to God and to abide with Him. I love the word abide. <laughs> <laughs> Because I think, like, we focus a lot on obeying, and that's good. Like, obeying God is good. Wow. Revelation from the Lord. Um, but the way in which we obey is important, and the word abide, I know, like, nobody ever uses the word. Um, so probably most of you read it, and you're like, that probably means obey. It makes sense if nobody's ever talked about it. Um, but the word abide is not just to, like, begrudgingly obey but to like come into agreement with in thought belief and action 
not just like do what you said because whatever you're probably right or whatever you have more power than I do but like to come into agreement and into recognition that this is the proper way thing action whatever it might be like Biden my love like wow to come into agreement with God's love because that's not too it's not my Does align be similar, or is, how are those different? I feel like abide, abide is kind of like align and obey. Gotcha. Like, right. in order to abide, you have to be in line, you have to align yourself with God's heart, and then you have to obey that heart, too. Mm-hmm. I think of abide also somewhat linked with the word refuge, um, and like abide in me, and so we get to find rest in God and in his love, and yes, these trials might be hard and take a lot out of us but god gives even more to us i think is something well, and i think because it doesn't like really like mean to rest but like if you are imbibe- abiding in god and you like need rest or like even honestly too because like provided yeah it's <laughs> i don't know come into agreement with me do you think god is exhausted and freaked out and scared and tired no probably not like, when they freaked out because the storm rocked the boat. He was sleeping. He was sleeping. And he probably wanted to go back to sleep. Had they abided with him, come to agreement with him, they would have been at rest. They would have been at peace. At rest is something you say when people die, sorry. Uh, they would have been restful, and they would have been, like, peaceful. But they didn't abide. abide. I guess that kind of links into what tonight is really about going into break or this next season and not being in school for a couple weeks, God has something for every single one of you. And I truly believe that. And our goal is for tonight for you to be prepared to receive that, for you to be in the right heart, for you to be in the right mindset, for you to be aligned with us as a church, but also with God. And that that alignment with God will further align you in unity. Um, And I... I want to say to you, like Molly said, like every single one of you, and I know like people say that, um, yeah, I prayed for every single person in this room to be here tonight. And I wasn't sure I was going to be able to say that because I didn't know who all was coming. And I knew like you had friends I know nothing about. So like, yeah, it's cool if they're here, but like I can't like pray for them as human beings that I know on a personal level. Um, And I know I don't know all of you like super, super well, but like. I guess it may be a better way to say that, like, each of you was placed on my heart when I was praying about, like, what does this next season look like? And so when we say, like, God has something for each of you, first of all, you should probably constantly be being trained and disciplined by the Lord. Like, that's probably a good thing. So don't be, like, freaked out. Like, it's good, like you, there's a very good chance you already know what it is, too. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a very good chance you're being disciplined in something. There's also a good chance you set up a discipline here that it's going really, really well and you love it. And now you're going to have four weeks where you can't, like, coming here on Wednesday night from 9 o'clock and knowing you might be here till 11 o'clock, I'm going to call it a discipline, fam. Um, you don't necessarily have to be doing that for the next, not that you have to, but, like, may not be an option the next four weeks. And maybe that discipline is, like, replaced with listening or whatever else. But, like, it also, once you become set in one discipline, there's something else to be done. Oh, here it is. All right. Sorry. Luke's not teaching, but I lift still. Sorry, team. Um, but, like, all right, so I'm still in the discipline of powerlifting, but every eight weeks I change my program. 
every eight weeks I can add a new th- I mean I can do it more often than two but like you want to change your programming like every eight weeks yes Luke correct uh, eight to twelve for you specifically I haven't changed my program about 20 weeks well probably about 15 weeks you say that like you actually run a program cool. no like it's a great thing that he doesn't run a program I just didn't think you had a hand like a written out plain program it's planned it's not written out okay that's fine not important but so like Okay, even if the timing is different, like for me it's eight weeks, for Luke it might be 15 to 20 weeks because of what he's working on. Uh, but like, you wanna change up your programming, but you're still being disciplined in essentially, like you're still being disciplined for the same goal, uh, for to run the same race. No, continue. Okay. <laughs> I, mean, I have a question, I'll, I wanna Okay, so like, I guess like my thought in this is like, when you can't, when you can't, or you need to move on to something else, it doesn't mean like, oh, let go of all the other discipline you had. Like that should have been preparing you for what's coming yeah. next. Building. So like, probably you weren't being prepared by showing up here for two hours really late the night before a school night to just like listen online for the next four weeks. Like that doesn't feel to me like what's like you're being prepared for next. Mm-hmm. So like, what is it preparing you for next? Go. Oh, what did she change? Uh, usually finding what you are weaker in still. So like where you're struggling in so what like you're... Kylie's go. doing a whole bunch of unilateral movements yeah, really this sucks. cycle. Uh, because her like single leg strength is bad. Yeah. And My balance is bad. Her balance is bad. And um, her quads are kind of weak compared to other things. So like we're spending eight weeks dialing in her weaknesses and then we're going to reevaluate from there, find new weaknesses, and then right. spend another eight weeks doing that. Right. And two, like, your weakness might be something that was a strength at one point, too. So, like, don't freak out. Like, God said I need to work on this, but I'm really good at this. Like, cool. But now everything else in your faith is bigger than that. Yeah. Like, I don't have weak quads compared to the Kylie of two years ago. I have weak quads compared to my hamstrings that should not be able to do the same thing that my quads can do. Or more. It's weird. It's not, yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> but that's, like, that's the point, I guess, is, like, in changing your program, it typically looks towards literally attacking whatever is weak if you actually want to make the most progress. And, like, I mean, you shouldn't let go, and you shouldn't let go of the basics. Like, I'm not going to stop bench pressing because my quads are weak and my shoulders are strong. Like, I'm powerlifting. Mm-hmm. You're going to stop reading your Bible because you need to listen to another sermon or whatever. Like, you're not going to... Like, that's not, that's not how it works. Um, I think there's. So, one thing um, we talked about, and I forgot to say it earlier, so we're going to say it now. I, like, super encourage you when you're thinking about discipline. I'm also, like, encourage you to think about discipline. Read Hebrews 12 all the way through, because we read two different parts, like, two, like, mini pieces of it. But it's, we could have read the whole thing yeah. tonight. <laughs> like, we could have just read the whole thing like, and talked about it tonight. Um, we, yeah. I don't know. I just want to throw that out there, and so just get to what we want to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Wait. I want to say something. Uh, I feel like it's the heart of the Father. If that's all right. Uh, okay. I'll submit to you. Or God is God's order. No, actually, you should probably submit to God. I'm good. Uh, <laughs> I'm cool. Here's the thing. Like Bible study is cool when we teach and all, but ideally what we would like to get to, and what I feel like the Father would like to get to, is the reason we didn't read all of Hebrews 12 and talk about it 
is because you don't need us to sit here and read the Bible to you. The Bible app is free. You have the resources. You don't need the Bible. When you come here, we talk about it. Yeah. Also, the Bible app will read it to you. Yeah. People really I don't like it at all. So like it's cool if you don't like it either. Especially the weird things. Yeah. But anyway. Um but I just yeah, I think that's a good point. Like, I don't know. I'm not gonna read things to you. We've probably like three or four times today. We're like, there are also seven other verses that do this. If you not even I know we used to say it, like if you don't trust us, please reach out and check for yourself. First of all, yes, still do that. Like, if you aren't sure about anything we say, like, in your own heart and knowledge, you should check us. But also, at this point, it should definitely be, like, if God did something, spoke to your heart in some way about these things, I literally told you there's a pattern of this in the Bible for you to find. Like, find it. Um, so, we're going to take however long you... This doesn't need to take forever. Also, like, first of all, we... Part of the reason I think we did this tonight is because, like, it is finals. We do want to honor and respect that time, and this doesn't need to take that long. Um, but we're going into break, and it's going to f- probably, especially if you're far away, going to feel like you're alone. Um, you're not alone, and distance, like, doesn't equal disunity. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, thanks, because it just came out of my mouth, and it wasn't there before, so that's good. <laughs> um, but... Like, distance does not need to equal disunity, but I also don't think tonight is, like, sit in a circle and everybody, like, share what you're going to try to do this break. But I think it's really important that we do explicitly, like, take the time to pray about what God has on his heart for us. And, like, if that changes in three days, that's fine. Um, But, like, right now, what is God speaking to you? What does he want to train you in? And this isn't youth group. The answer, I don't know, or God doesn't have anything for me, is not an answer. And if that is your answer and you don't want to talk to anybody, like, leave quietly. We will not judge you or, like, stone you on your way out. But, like... Did you just say stone Yeah. I needed an exaggerated version. Because, like... Old church stoned. The the new church we have now. Church quotation marks. Judges. We're not going to do either of those things. Um, But then, like, check in with somebody. And it doesn't need to be, like, your best friend. And it doesn't need to be, like, a stranger. And it doesn't need to be somewhere. Like, I don't care who you check in with. But, like, ask somebody who it makes a – ask I, – I think what I want to challenge you to do is ask somebody you wouldn't probably talk to if you didn't do this. Mm-hmm. Um, or wouldn't, like, actually talk to over break. Like, you might be like, hey, how's your break doing? Merry Christmas. Um, but there's, like, a 0% chance you pro- – not zero, but, like, you're just not already going to be taught. Like, I'm sorry. If I go talk to Juliet, I'm cheating. <laughs> like, I was so it's like if I if I go talk to Juliet about what God put on my heart because like I'm kind of cheating because I probably already would talk to Juliet about what God put on my heart like it doesn't count sorry it does count and it's still good um, so like take I feel like a yoga teacher here's the base level tell the person you're most comfortable with if you're comfortable with that and you want to try something harder but really like that's fine yeah um, one thing really quickly I want to say is this is an opportunity for us to show God's power, honestly. Um, And I think it's one thing if we're all together and we're meeting regularly and we're all kind of in line and with the same spirit, but we have been given one spirit, one body. And so by us coming apart and connecting to God and talking with God and God guiding us and us coming back and for us to be on the same page or for us to kind of be filling in those gaps when we come back after break, I think is a really incredible opportunity for us to say that, hey, this was not built on man alone. 
This was not built by every Wednesday night us coming and meeting. So of course we all are in the same mind. This is built on the spirit. We were all in different parts of the state in Illinois. And we came back and our God spoke to us in similar ways. And um, I think it's just a really cool opportunity. And so take that into consideration, I think, yeah. as well. Um, and whoever you talk to, like, actually do talk to them. Not just, don't just go to the person you trust to check in on you because you think they're, like, spiritually higher than you or whatever that weird stuff sometimes is. And be like, hi, will you check in on me? Like, go to them and talk to them like they care about you and you care about them and agree to both check in on each other, but also, like, check in with each other without being asked. Nathan's not here. I kind of vaguely told him I was going to use him as a good example, so whatever. I didn't totally ask if it was okay. I just kind of told him. Um, Nathan's cooking himself breakfast every day during peak, which means he wakes up at 4 in the morning, which is, like, the time most people want to give up a discipline like getting up earlier to make yourself breakfast every day, but it's also the time it's most important. And I literally, like, just was like, the first day he was going to do it, I was like, I want a Snapchat of your egg journey the first day. And he did, and he's done it every single day since, and I did not ask him to do that, and it's kind of really cool. And I wake up, first of all, I wake up later than him, so I wake up to him having already done it, and it's really exciting. <coughs> like, it's like, wow. Not only, like, first of all, it's encouraging and exciting to, like, celebrate with each other, mm. but also, like, just the fact that he actually knows and trusts that I do want to know how it's going, that he's doing it, is really cool. So again, this doesn't need to be like go cry at the altar for an hour and have this big conversation about how your life is going to change. Like, if your discipline is to, you know, take the 10 extra minutes it takes you to cook in the morning or to actually get up with your first or second or whatever alarm, and you literally send that person a Snapchat, you know, once a week, like, yeah, Nathan's doing it every day, but like, then like, that's okay. Like, it doesn't, I don't know, I don't want anybody to feel like we're asking you to like, have a come to Jesus moment and have it every day for the next, <coughs> like three weeks and come to the next person. But like, I don't know, figure out what God's got coming for you next and let somebody know about it. And then don't let go of letting that person know about it just because they're not going to see you next Wednesday if they aren't. Can you come turn the mic off? I don't know how. Yeah. I could like unplug it. I just really want to share something. Do it. Like it's not appropriate now. Like definitely settle for the house.